When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With a new podcast every day of the Premier League season, this is Football Social Daily. After just 112 days and 13 games in charge, Claudio Ranieri has been sacked by Watford. The Hornets are in the Premier League relegation zone and the Italian has been handed his marching orders. Now Watford prepare to appoint their 15th permanent manager since the Pozzo family took control at Vicarage Road not even 10 years ago. But despite those bonkers numbers, was it the right call for Claudio to go? Is he even the one to blame for the club's struggles? We'll try and find some answers on today show as well as the news that Roy Hodgson is being lined up to take the reins as Watford battle to beat the drop. We'll share our thoughts as well as hearing what Hornets fans think of the situation when Carl and Justin from the Watford podcast do not scratch your eyes. Join us later on. Only a few days left at the January transfer window too and Ranieri won't be the only Premier League departure this week. One possible outgoing is Manchester United's Anthony Martial, who's allegedly on his way to Spain, whilst Liverpool defender Joe Gomez is being linked with a switch to Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. All of that to come on the only daily Premier League podcast out there. This is Football Social Daily. I'm Niall, welcome to the show and joining me today we've got Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Morning gents. Morning lads. Good morning. How do you feel knowing that you don't have to put all your belongings in a cardboard box and depart the sports social office this morning? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure he isn't feeling too bad with that payout. Whereas we'll just be getting kicked. I'm not sure he took any belongings out of a box yet. He's not unpacked yet. He's only just he's still getting his feet under the table. He ordered, um, a, uh, <laughs> he ordered a table from, uh, from Wayfair and it still hasn't arrived yet. Hasn't got there. It's due on. It's due next Tuesday. He'll be coming. He'll be coming in for the fourth manager just in time. <laughs> they must have a decent supply of brown cardboard boxes with no lid on um, at Watford's training ground. That's for sure because they seem to use a fair amount of them. You know, all joking aside, Watford have sacked Claudio Ranieri. We can joke about it, but it's probably not a laughing matter from a Watford fans' point of view. And we will hear from two Watford fans from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast a little bit later on in the show. But first, we're going to give our reaction to the fact that. Claudio Ranieri has been sacked by Watford Football Club after just 112 days in the job. First question, Marley, are you and is anyone from the outside looking in surprised at this news? 
No, not surprised. Um, you can't, you can't have that type of record at Watford and not go. Um, they they are not uh, shy of pulling the trigger, so to speak. So it's um, it's not a surprise. I think he he had almost a, he had a similar record to Cisco um, Cisco Munoz before he uh, before the start of the season. He he got seven games. Was uh, took seven points from them, wasn't enough. That's quite a high bar to set, really. I think when you're Watford, because even a very very good manager at Watford is is not gonna is not gonna have them in the top half and cruising. It's always going to be some sort of battle against uh, sort of around the the bottom half of the bottom half sort of thing, like the bottom six sort of thing. It's never going to be much above there, really, as a newly promoted team. Um, so you look, that's a, that's a huge bar to set. One point per game. An average is is really high, so then to see Ranieri come in, yeah, he's experienced and and what have you, and he's a, a lovely bloke. But he had he had a very very similar record at Fulham. Um, I think he took three points from seventeen games at Fulham. Um, sorry, three wins from seventeen games. I think it was nine points. So you're looking at that and saying like, it that is a similar record. And he's done the same again, so it's not really a surprise that he's he's not done much, and it's not really a surprise that uh, that Watford have sacked him, um, and it's not not a surprise that once again they're looking for another manager. We got a bit of stick when Ranieri first came in for saying something similar that since Leicester, he's not done a very good job. Um, on the whole, particularly when it comes to Premier League management, I mean, uh, there was a few Watford fans that suggested that you know the Fulham statistics and the the job he did there wasn't a, a fair analysis and synopsis of what he could do at Watford but actually Marley with the summary you've made there it's a perfect snapshot of the job he could do at Watford because if anything you're going to get more time at Fulham than you will at Watford and that's proven to be the case yeah absolutely i think um one of the one of the things for me in in football that kind of winds me up a little bit is is past history in in managers like Ranieri has had a decent career but he's not had in my opinion um a one that could suggest he could come in and save Fulham for example um Fulham well Fulham or Watford this year so when when he came into both jobs I thought like I look at Ranieri and say he's got one and a half feet in retirement I don't think he's a manager who comes in and radicalizes things and he's brave and he goes for things. I think as much... I, I, I said that at the time. I said, listen, he, he probably knows the score going into Watford. He's a man who's in his 70s. If he gets sacked, is he really going to care? Because he gets a little payoff. If he keeps them up, he's done really well. If he gets sacked, then everyone gets sacked at Watford. So it doesn't really matter. And I feel like it was kind of a, a bit of a, a win-win situation for Ranieri. If he gets sacked, he gets a nice little payoff. He's a he's an old man now. He's never going to better his crown in glory, which was winning the title at Leicester. So, you know, in terms of what he's got to achieve, um, you know, keeping Watford up would have been an excellent achievement. But the fact he's been sacked, I don't think it's going to dent his legacy too much. Do you? No, not at all. Um, I think that is that is Ranieri. I think like he he did he's he's just done he's done decent jobs most places he's not really um f- failed massively and and like you say only everyone's only going to remember him for winning the title with with Leicester and you look at that and you think that was amazing like it was obviously you know 5000 to 1 shot all the rest of it 
like the probably the greatest football story, uh, arguably ever, that they won the title. But since then, I think he had them tenth when he got sacked, or thirteenth or something when he got when he got sacked the next season. And then he sort of bounced around a few clubs. Somehow got the Roma job when they were going through a turbulent time because they needed a steady manager, um, and he is a steady manager. If you give, I think he does. He does what's expected of most clubs. So if you, except with the obvious exception of Leicester, I think if you bring him in and you're an average side, he'll get you mid-table. If you if you bring him in and you're poor, he he'll, he won't save you. I think if you bring him in and you're sort of top six, he'll get you top six. He'll do what's expected. I think at Roma he got just outside the top Champions League places. That is where Roma finish pretty much every year. They're pretty much going to finish there under Jose Mourinho this year. They finished there under Fonseca a few years ago. And it's just like rinse and repeat. So if you give him a poor squad, which Watford pretty much have got because of the, the lack of investment and the players they've got at their disposal, he's not going to turn like average players into mid-table players. He's not going to turn Ismail Asar into a 30-goal season winger. He's just he's going to do what's expected. And I think that is, as with Watford's squad, they're just not good enough. And you need someone to, to break that mould and, and to take them above the level that they've they've been playing at for the first 21-22 games. I think it's a great point and actually it feels like, Joel, at Watford, your task is to do a job with the players you've got rather than constructing a squad and picking up players that you want because the turnover of managers is that extreme. You know, as we say, 15 managers in under 10 years. You know, it almost feels like the manager comes in, here are your players and it's your job to coach them as best you can rather than you're the manager, you pick the players that you want to sign. It certainly doesn't feel like that. With that in mind, we say 112 days in the job, 13 games. Do you think that is enough time to show exactly what he was capable of? And in terms of keeping them up, do you think he, he did show that? The statistics would certainly say no. Yeah, well, I mean, 40, what, 14 games in the space of three months, it's not enough time to even get all of your pictures out in your office, let alone stamp your mark at a club. <laughs> Um, but, you know, when you look back at his managerial career, he's only ever averaged about two years maximum and he's been to about 15, 16 clubs in his career. So this was never going to be a job that he sticks around at consistently. And it's like you say, any manager that goes into Watford now, it's not a case of building his team. It's a case of managing a set roster of players who he has at his disposal. And if he can't do much with it, then he'll get moved on. And I don't know how sustainable it is, but then obviously when you look at Watford's kind of period under the Potsdam family, I'm sure Watford fans will look back at this last 10 years with a smile because, you know, they've had six years in the Premier League, they've had an FA Cup final, an FA Cup semi-final, and I'm sure they had an amazing day out on those two days. Um, so it's not been all bad about them. I think it's just the way in which the Potsdam family constantly breed instability across the across the whole club and it's not I don't understand how fans can relate to a manager and start to like warm to them and get a feel for how he wants the team to move forward when it all feels very very temporary as soon as they get signed and I think Ranieri coming coming in and I think any manager coming into Watford is well aware of that He'll, they'll absolutely know that the fact that if they go on a, a a run of you know ten games and they're starting to slump down, the owners are the owners are pretty trigger happy in terms of making sure that no matter who comes in, all their their plan for the club is literally just making sure they stay in the Premier League. And although it's worked, it has worked. Like let's not get it twisted, it has worked for them. Six years out of 
10 seasons is is a good return for Watford alongside the FA Cup final so it's not it's not as if to say you know because we can look at Mike Ashley for example it's not always greener on the other side and I know they're probably not looking for the the family to sell up and go because there could be another manager that comes in and the whole club gets ripped in inside out this is just their model and the way I look at it now obviously Roy Hodgson's looking to be the next candidate I'd see that as a bit of optimism to be honest just because obviously he was at Udinese in the early 2000s with the Pozzo family so they know him well and they're obviously choosing someone who they can trust in these next four months I don't know if that's going to change anything going forward in terms of picking a manager who can be there long term but I think it's just it's a, it's a tiring process and I'm sure it's costing them a hell of a lot of money to be paying out compensation after compensation and the managers who come in cannot make transfers that are their transfers they have to just work with players it's impossible yeah. to build a team you're just building a season after season basis it feels like they're spending all of their money on paying off managers <laughs> they're non-players yeah literally and they, they need better players to stay in the premier league and you know ishmael Assar and emmanuel dennis are two very decent players but have they got enough through the team to stay in the Premier League. It's going to be a tough job for them. They're 19th at the moment. Ranieri did have some good results. I think that's worth saying. Um, beat Manchester United, beat Everton, scored five goals and four goals respectively against those two teams, but also some and terrible ones. <laughs> they were the only two wins. Friday, well, yeah, including Friday night. That was a really poor result against Norwich and that was eventually why the trigger has been pulled. Joel mentions Roy Hodgson, Marley. He's been lined up to replace Ranieri. Could even be announced by the time people were listening to this episode of Football Social Daily. Is he a good fit for the job for you? I mean, particularly when it comes to his age, he's also in his mid-70s, um, not too dissimilar to Ranieri, who's slightly younger. Uh, he worked under the Pozzo family in 2001 when he managed Udinese, who are almost like a sister club of Watford. So he'll know their, their MO, won't he? He'll understand that the likelihood is he could well be sacked even before the end of the season if things don't go to plan. Yeah, I think, um, I, look, I don't think Roy Hodgson is a particularly fantastic manager these days. Um, I think he's, his kind of career has been done for a little while now um, in terms, I think he's just gone, like, he's just, he's ran his race basically. But at at this stage of his career, which we all thought had ended, um, I think it, it makes sense. I think this, this sort of short-term like see what you can do deal it's you know it's not going to be what Roy Hodgson is remembered for it's not going to be you know he's the guy who came in and saved Watford Roy Hodgson's going to be the guy who who went all over the world managing managed England managed Inter Milan managed Switzerland Malmo all the all like Sweden and, and Finland and all these teams and reached the um the UEFA Cup final with Fulham um, so that's that is Roy Hodgson. It's not going to be this six month spell at Watford, but I do sort of think that his experience of being down there and and sorting teams out a little bit and sort of st- st- um, stabilizing them and then giving them a platform on which to build is probably what Watford need. Um, it's just a case of whether the Pozzo family give him enough time to stabilize things because there is enough time left this season. Um, I think what what we about sixteen games left to the end of the season. I think they can get results in that in that time, um, but we'll see how um, how talented that squad is. Because I look at that squad and think I don't think that squad's good enough to stay in the Premier League. So 
as Joel said, it's about coaching what you've got. It's not really about getting in and saying, I want this player, that player, and that player in the in the seven days of the, the transfer window that we've got left or the six days we've got left. It's about going in and, and working with William Trusty Kong and Craig Cathcart and making them a solid defensive partnership and, and saying, right, who's who's our best right-back that's not going to concede us goals? Is it Kiko Femenia or is it someone else? And then go from there, build from there. Who can score us goals? Can... Uh, can Dennis rediscover his, his form that he's been in once he comes back from uh, suspension and ruining everyone's fantasy football teams? <laughs> so it's it's one of them where you know you've got to you've got to give him the the chance now. Um, you know he knows the Potter family. We've we've said that. Um, it's about just seeing what you can do because it is a bit of a free shot. I know there's relegation on the line, but no one else is going to take that. No, no more experienced manager is going to take that job. You know, I think Rafa Benitez has just been sacked, but there's no way Rafa's going to go and work for a family like that who, who sack everyone every, uh, every you know twice a season or whatever it is. So, you you are going to look at someone who's who who is happy with the short term basis, and I think Roy Hodgson wants that before he gets his piping slippers in and goes back to uh, to South London and puts his feet up for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, Roy Hodgson is the emerging favourite to take over from Claudio Ranieri at Vicarage Road after Watford sacked the Italian. Eight defeats and a draw from the last nine games in all competitions. The statistics were damning. Watford are in the relegation zone. That's our thoughts from the outside looking in. But what about those of Watford supporters, Justin and Carl, from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, the Watford Show, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, will be joining us next to share their views on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, where the big news in the Premier League today is that Claudio Ranieri has been sacked as Watford manager with the club 19th in the table and thoroughly embroiled in a relegation battle. Ranieri picked up seven points from his 13 games in charge and Friday night's loss to Norwich City proved to be the final straw for the owners at Vicarage Road. The Italian has been dismissed and Roy Hodgson, the former Crystal Palace boss, looks set to take up the post. 
We've already shared our thoughts on today's podcast as outsiders looking in, but now let's hear what Hornets fans make of it all. And joining us now, we have Carl and Justin from the Watford podcast, Do Not Scratch Your Eyes, which of course is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Morning, gents. How are you feeling this morning after last night's news? Deflated. (laughs) 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 I can't tell if one's a a cheer of despair and one's a cheer of celebration, but uh, maybe it's a combination of the two, Carl. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, inevitability um, that he was going to go for me, um, you know, great in the sense that we, we've made that decision. But bringing in potentially at, at this stage, Roy Hodgson, um, I don't know if I'm necessarily, you know, jumping over the over the, t- the table in my house currently and uh, and celebrating. But we'll see. We'll see what he brings. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for you, Justin, was it the right call to get rid of Ranieri? I mean, he's a nice guy and I think everyone in the Premier League would have wanted him to do well at Watford, but it just hasn't worked out so far. Well, if you look at the statistics, yes, it was the right decision. Um, You know, you can't uh, only win two games out of 13 or whatever it is. That's just ridiculous. Um, And I think probably bringing in Roy is the right decision because Roy's got absolutely nothing to prove at this stage of his career if he gets relegated with us it's not really much is it it's just a small footnote in a you know fairly successful managerial career so you know swapping out Ranieri for Hodgson does seem in the cold light of day like a proper thing to do actually is he the best available candidate Justin do you think of those that are out there at the moment well I think he's probably the best one that would take it um, I don't think anybody else would want it, to be honest. You're going to end up with a CV on your relegation. So any up-and-coming manager looking at that would go, do I want that? Probably not. Call me in May. Maybe I'll um, try and get you out of the Championship into the Premier League and have a promotion on my CV. So I can't really think of you know what the pool was in terms of managers that would want the job. But yeah, for me, I think Hodgson is probably the best of a of a bad bunch if that makes sense we talk about Ranieri being sacked Carl where did it go wrong for him because I've seen a, a bit of narrative and discourse from Watford fans on social media some are, are blaming the Pozzo family for uh, poor investment in terms of players and recruitment and not having a strategy others are blaming the players themselves for not being good enough is it really Ranieri's fault I know the statistics are terrible as Justin says but I mean where's it all gone wrong for, for Ranieri and his spell at Watford yeah, I mean, you you just summed it up brilliantly there. I, I think Ranieri is is a victim of uh, stuff out of his control. I think you know, looking at the, the the club and the ownership, um, you know, I've made a big a big song and dance recently about recruitment at the club, um, both managers and and players over probably five years now. Um, we we obviously have this link with Udinese, which the mm. Pozzo's own, um, and we we have these little. I call them internal transfers to be, you know, it's just, <laughs> just swap, swapping out players as and when. But, you know, we, if you look at our spend, we don't go and spend big. The, the, the biggest signing that we've made in, in recent times is obviously Saar. Mm. Um, you know, when you're trying to compete in the Premier League, it, it, it's, it's a difficult balance. You know, on the one hand, you don't want to go and spend money that you haven't got. On the other hand, you also want to bring in quality and not just numbers. And it, it just seems that the this scouting network that they're renowned for hasn't dried up, but it is, is bringing in lesser quality players that we need. Um, and added, and and just to add to that, there was a, a huge outcry from the, from the fan base of we need defenders. Can we get some defenders, please? Because we're shipping goals. Um, nothing, nothing in the summer. 
you know, and it's taken us up to January now to to bring in again inter- uh, one internal transfer from Udinese um, and uh, Camera, who we've brought in as as a left back as as cover because of the Danny Rose situation again. Whatever's gone on there, and you know, the list the list goes on of failures where where transfers are concerned. Yeah, I think that's a great point you make, and we should suggest that there are some players away at the Africa Cup of Nations, but that almost feels a little bit mm. like a like an excuse, really, rather than the, a true reason as to why Watford aren't doing as well as they should be doing. So there's definitely a case for that, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the, the African Cup of Nations is um, maybe for the Liverpool's of the world and so forth an issue, but for us, we, we've got one player um, out there that was a regular starter who was not performing true to Kong. Um, I know, I know he's had a great um, competition out there. Um, that's been, you know, well publicized, but in a Watford shirt, quite honestly, he's been very, very poor below par. I've got a question for either of you, um, just about like the strategy about it, because obviously in the time that the Pozzo family have been in charge, you've been in the Premier League for a good six years during that time. So regardless of if they're chopping and changing during the season, are you okay with them doing that if it means you still stay up? Or is it a case of you just you kind of just have to accept the the kind of regime that they've got going on? Well, I think if we stay if we stay up, then it is a good thing. But you know, three managers this season now, and it looks like we're getting relegated. So um, that model has worked previously. Uh, it remains to be seen if it's going to continue to work. Um, I really don't know. It's it's just you know when you're a Watford fan and these sort of things happen. It's it's really hard to describe how it feels because you you, you know I, I don't even think we had a chance for Ranieri. He was there <laughs> so um, short a time. Um, I don't really remember him. Well, he hasn't left his mark, has he? He definitely hasn't left his mark at all. Um, so it's 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 a very it's, it feels weird and it's horrible reading mainstream media when things like this happen because your club's getting called out for this that and the other and you're being told that your club's worse worthless and that it's you know badly run and all the rest of it like you say six years in the Premier League isn't to be sniffed at but got a feeling that's coming to an end at the end of this season you sound fed up Justin and I don't know whether that's because it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning or whether you're just fed up of constantly <laughs> changing like manager is he always like that alright cheers Carl thanks yeah. thanks for the infor- information it's, it's and insight my, there it's my demeanour you know it's, <laughs> it's the, it's the flavour he adds to the to the do not scratch your eyes podcast I'm exactly, sure yeah. um, are you fed up of constantly changing manager Justin I could just tell by your face and, and the tone of your voice that you just you get into the end of your tether a little bit with the fact that like you say you didn't even have a chance for Claudio Ranieri so you know he's, he's only there for 13 games yeah am I getting fed up with it well you get used to it really it's just a really strange thing to say but you do get used to it and normally when they're talking about changing a manager there is a little bit of resistance on the socials with you know oh no it's too soon or don't do it but this time around it seemed to be he's got to go and that was fairly unanimous amongst most of the social media there was probably you know three or four percent of people saying Ranieri should stay so this time I think it has chimed in with the fans feelings uh, it doesn't always though you know sometimes you think what are you doing why is he why has he been sacked so um yeah I do get fed up with it because not really because of what happens, more from the fallout from it all, from uh, you know people that really don't know what they're talking about, having a go at you about it, um, and you have to sort of explain every time. But it works for us. We're still in the Premier League. You know, it seems to be a model that works. But 
you know, there will be pundits, you know, I don't want to really name names, but, you know, Jamie O'Hara hasn't said anything yet. He certainly had something to say last time. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting, for, we're waiting for that to come out today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, so, and I, you know, I did actually listen to a thing on TalkSport where Simon Jordan was sort of saying, you know, you can't blame the owners, etc. So it, it kind of, there's a mixed bag of opinions that, you know, you always have to sort of absorb because you are exposed to it, but. Yeah, it, it it does get frustrating. It does get frustrating. I remember my first manager was Graham Taylor. He was there for 10 years before he before he went and then he was there for whatever it is, four or five years the second time around. Stability, you know, <clears throat> that that would always seem to work as well. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, is it is it the chopping and changing of the managers? Is that putting a shock into the players? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's horrible. It's horrible to, to, to be part of, really. Guys, if you're, if you're waiting for Jamie O'Hara to say something anywhere near logical, I think you'll be waiting until you've gone through about five more managers. Great point. <laughs> well, that's true. That's, great point. that's very true. And I didn't want to really call him out, but he was absolutely scathing of us last time. And he did actually get uh, some some banter, shall we say, back at him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not just him. There's loads of them, isn't there? You know, Gary Lineker always seems to have something to say. And, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it, but it's it's always from the outside looking in and it isn't always well informed well i suppose kind of building on um on that and you say that you know some opinions are you you can't blame the owners can you blame the owners carl is there a section of the support that are now going to turn on the owners the pozzo family because of the way that the club is run because you know justin's right isn't he six years in the premier league for a club like watford is a very decent effort and when they took over not even 10 years ago you know the, the club then saw promotion to the premier league and they went on a, a great little run and it was good times i think for all involved with watford but now do you think that there'll be um, some question marks over Duxbury, the chief executive and the owners? I think there was a good point that was raised in a conversation you had on national radio yesterday, which is I think it's OK to be critical of the ownership, but it's not to a point in which you're trying to oust them, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the point. You know, it's looking at the ownership and what they've, they've actually achieved um, with the infrastructure at the club and, and, and everything. And I think that to go out now and to say, oh, we want the owners out of the club and, you know, they've done this and they've done that is the wrong way to do it. But what we should be doing is asking questions. What's plan B? What's the transfer policy? What, you know, what happens if this and just transparency? There's not there's none of that at the club. There's no open and honest conversations about, listen, we've um, we've cocked this up. You know, we've really made a mistake here, um, but we're, we're going to do X, Y and Z to rectify it. It's very much a, you know, a closed book. Um, and Watford is always, always been presented as the original family club, you know, very much integrated into the community. The, the, the Pozzo's model goes against the grain of that. And I think for anybody that's been, a, you know, a supporter for a period of time, it doesn't sit well with. And, and there is unrest and there is you know, uh, a small section at the moment that are asking questions and rightly so, you know, we, they, we're, we're, we're supporters, we're not customers. We want to be treated as supporters and, and we want to know what's happening with our football club. And when you're not getting the, the right answers from the, you know, from Scott Duxbury and the owners and, and the football's rubbish and we're at the bottom of the league and we're changing managers left, right and centre, you know, it's, it's a worry, you know, it's it, it's it's a worry for supporters because honestly and truthfully, as, as Justin said, you know, if we go, it's looking like we're going to go down this season, whoever comes in. And if we do go down, 
what's the plan to get back up? Because there, there's a lot, of, it's a completely different animal, that championship, to when we went down last time. You know, um, use Newcastle as, a, as a, a factor. If Newcastle were to come down, I guarantee you, and I, I'd put my mortgage on it, they'll come straight back up because they've got the buying power and the spend to do that. Watford haven't. And, it, 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 you know, you then look at teams that have been down there for so, you know, Stoke and, and teams like that. It's littered with ex-Premier League teams and it, there's that big concern. Carl, Justin, thanks for your time, gents. Really great to have you on. Uh, the guys are from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can also find the show on all of your usual podcast platforms. You can also hear Carl's chat on national radio yesterday on the podcast feed. And I'm sure... Guys, you'll be talking about Roy Hodgson's appointment in future episodes. We shall. Yeah, without we doubt. We shall. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, best of luck for the rest of the season. Go and check out the podcast. Do not scratch your eyes at DNSYE underscore podcast on social media as well. Uh, we'll all wish you good luck, apart from Marley, who's a Newcastle fan, who will wish you the worst of luck, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> hey, I'm, ju- I'm just hoping we both stay up and Burnley go. So. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. After the way I got treated on radio, Marley, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> great to have you on, gents. Don't forget to hit subscribe on the show and on this show as well, because you won't miss an episode then. And next up on Football Social Daily, we'll be talking about the latest Premier League transfer gossip. Not only is Ranieri out of the door in the Premier League, but Anthony Martial could be on his way as well. We'll talk about that next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your daily Premier League show from Sports Social. We are the only podcast that produces a brand new episode on Premier League football every single day of the season. It includes weekends, of course, and if you hit subscribe, that way you won't miss a single episode again. Great to hear from the guys from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast just there. But now we're going to focus on transfers because Anthony Martial is allegedly on his way out of Manchester United. He's set to join Sevilla on loan for the rest of the season. That's according to renowned social media transfer expert Fabrizio Romano. There's said to be a loan fee involved with the wages supposedly covered by the Spanish club. Is this a good move for both parties, Joel? You're a Manchester United fan. There were a couple of disputes, a little kind of tete-a-tete last week between Anthony Martial and Ralph Rangnick, albeit indirectly after there was suggestions that Martial refused to travel to the game against Aston Villa, but he did play against West Ham at the weekend and he showed some good signs playing his part in the goal that Rashford scored late on. So do you think this is a good move for both parties? Anthony Martial, if this is to be the case, as Fabrizio Romano reports, could be on his way to Sevilla for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think um, this is a transfer that was coming for a good amount of time now. I think he's been obviously at United for a good seven years, which you know, for a foreign player as well, a young foreign player who comes to United, this is quite a rare thing to happen usually. Um, and obviously we know that in the first two seasons, it was a huge breakout season. He had tons of potential, but for me, I don't think he's truly progressed on from those first two years. 
in terms of just his overall play. And I think a lot of United fans would agree with me in saying that we expected way more in terms of the potential that he first came to the club with. Um, that's not to say he's he's done or there's not a player in him because I do feel like after all this time he's gone through you know a few managers who've at times not really favoured him and I think it's the perfect time for him to get a new environment potentially I think in the in um in La Liga I think it's the perfect pace in the perfect league just for him to in terms of his play style where it's not also so no it's not so intensive as it is in the Premier League and I think it would suit him really well obviously he's still only 26 and I think he's got I think he's got bags of potential still available but just not at United I think that ship's passed and now that we've got you know the likes of Anthony Alanga coming through and then you've got Jaden Sancho and you've got Greenwood and Rashford the places are looking slim and to be honest he's going further and further down in the pecking order and that's not to say he's a bad player but there are just players who are way more deserving and also fit Rangnick's philosophy way more than Martial does. It's a great point actually when you come to mention the forwards that United have got particularly in that number nine position that kind of central striker and we know Rangnick's been playing a 4-3-3 so it's kind of one of those fluid systems where people move around and you know there's not always that solid focal point uh, in the middle of those three forward players but at the moment, United's recognised number nines to take that as a as a point to make are Ronaldo, who will be 37 next month, Edinson Cavani, who I think will be 35 next month, and then maybe one of Greenwood, Rashford or Elanga, but there are question marks over whether any of those three aforementioned players are bona fide number nines and whether they're better deployed out on the wings cutting in. So do you think that with Martial's imminent departure, whether that be um, on loan, which transitions into a permanent deal, which certainly feels like is what this will be. Do you think there is another striker needed to be signed by Manchester United in the coming transfer windows? I think it's obvious, isn't it? Like you say, well, Cavani's 100% leaving in the summer. Obviously, Ronaldo's not getting any younger. And I don't think with Martial, regardless of them two kind of becoming, you know, past, past their peak and potentially leaving in the next couple of years... Martial, I don't think, is a player who can be relied upon to be that out-and-out striker every week. As in, I wouldn't trust him to lead us to a league title if he was our main number nine. I do feel like, you know, when the time comes when Ronaldo ends up becoming that player who can't be relied upon anymore, we're going to need to go into the market for one of the superstar types or potentially have Mason Greenwood slowly convert into a, a centre-forward. But I would be more favourable to Greenwood doing that role than I would be to Martial. Um, and that's just because I'm not seeing enough for it, from him in that position to warrant having a starting position every game. I think the, the striker position at United, and I think majority of top clubs, is probably the most pressured position. Because the moment you start going off the ball of not scoring in one, two, three, four, five games, suddenly the pressure starts to build because you're the focal point. And when we think of all the great strikers who've been at United, it says, you know, Van Persie, Van Nistelrooy, Solskjaer, they're all players who consistently produced. And with Martial, he's not a player who consistently produces. He's a very flash-in-the-pan player. And... Okay, it's good at a club like Sevilla maybe because they're going for the La Liga at the moment and I think he will be a massive boost to their challenge uh, to Real Madrid this year. I think they're only four points off them so I think it's a, it's a massive coup for them. But for us, I don't think it's a major loss and that's the perspective that I think a lot of us have um, and I wouldn't be surprised if now 
I would love, for my, in my opinion, for this to go in the way that he does amazingly at Sevilla. He gets back to the form that we kind of know in his first two seasons, which I, I think is very unlikely. But maybe a new environment will set the tone for him. I don't know. But I would love for him to be able to come back as like a fresh player under obviously a new manager. Could be Pochettino, could be Tenag, who favour him potentially. So I think that's probably why there's been no uh, option to buy after this loan, which I think is smart because... I think, especially the Glazers, I know they favour him massively. And I know everyone thinks that there's still a player in there, but I just don't know if it's past that stage now where potential is, this is his, this is his ceiling. Um, whereas, you know, when he first came, everyone <clears throat> everyone thought he was going to be, you know, <laughs> on the ilk of Thierry Henry and he was looking incredible in that first two years. So potentially it will be the making of him, but I really don't see a comeback from this, to be honest. And with a new manager coming in, I'm sure he'll be looking to sign even younger players and building that forward line again because we already have an amazing roster of young forwards at the moment and I think one or two of them will start to mould into a striker. I seem to remember quite clearly, uh, for some reason, Martial playing for Monaco. I think it was him and Yannick Ferreira Carrasco in the same team in a Champions League game and they looked absolutely brilliant. I think both of them were teenagers or at least in their early 20s at the time and it's mad to think that Martial's only 25, 26 and he's been at Manchester United seven years. But as we record the podcast at the time of recording, he hasn't yet departed Old Trafford, but he is set to leave Manchester United for Sevilla on loan for the rest of the season, according to Fabrizio Romano. Let's move on now and talk about Aston Villa, who are supposedly keen on Liverpool centre-back Joe Gomez. That's according to Football Insider. Where do you think Joe Gomez ranks in the pecking order of Liverpool centre-backs? Marley, because of course we know how good Van Dijk is. Matip, Kunate, and Phillips are the other three. Is this just Gerard being linked with Gomez because of that Liverpool connection, or do you think Villa genuinely do need another centre back and Joe Gomez could leave Anfield? Uh, all of the above, if I'm honest. I think um, I'm I'm annoyed that uh, this link is being made because I think Joe Gomez would be perfect at, at Newcastle. I think. You know, when people are saying, oh, do you want to sign Diego Carlos or Sven Botman? I'd rather have Joe Gomez over the pair of them because he's got Premier League experience, he's young, and he's got massive sell-on value and instant quality to add to the first team. Villa have seen this, and, you know, they're, they're being linked with the move. He's barely played this season. He's only played a handful of games, and I I, I rate him higher than Matip easily. Um, and it's, for me, it would be him, and, him or Konate alongside Van Dijk, but Klopp seems to favour Matip for, for one reason or another. I'm not sure whether it's just a, a form thing and a case of him, you know, Matip hasn't put a foot wrong, but I think when everyone's fit, it's Matip and, and Van Dijk most of the time. So it's um it's a strange one, especially when he spent fifty million on um on Canate. So I don't really know with with Joe Gomez, but I, I see him as an England regular. I, I could even see him as an England starter. Um you go back a couple of years and it was Gomez and Maguire when when Stones was in the wilderness at Man City a little bit, um, and and possibly like looking to leave and what have you, so it's not too far ago that he's he's a, a regular in the England team and the England squad. So I think there's a great player there. I think he's you know he's still a very good age. I think he's 23, 24. He's had injury issues, yeah, but that happens in football. So there's no guarantee that he's he's spent or he's he's done because he's had a, a knee injury in his early twenties or anything like that. So I think this is this is very very smart business for for Liverpool uh, for Aston Villa if they can pull it off thanks to Gerrard's yeah. Liverpool connections and 
It's, yeah, it's, is that is that it's the, the pull, isn't it? Is that the attraction? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was yeah. gonna. That's what I was gonna say. What's the incentive for Gomez leaving Liverpool? Well, first team football, and and he knows, you know, like I know he's not a, a, a scouser, so it's not like he's grown up idolizing Steven Gerrard. But there's not one English kid under, you know, between the age of of eighteen and and thirty five, forty, who didn't know what an insane player um, Steven Gerrard was, and. Uh, aware of what he's doing in his managerial career so far, because he's done well at Rangers. He started off doing well at uh, at um, Aston Villa, and this is why Villa were probably attracted to to, to Steven Gerrard. Because when you bring in players, ex players of certain clubs, they do get they do get little handouts. You look at you look at Lampard um, at Derby getting Mason Mount and Fikayo Tomori, and it's like that's that's the link you can bring and. The fact that they know players from their ex clubs, and they're such a legend there that they want to play for them again, and it, it's a massive pull for players. So, Joe Gomez can can probably see Aston Villa and say, they've got Gerard, they've just signed Coutinho, it's first team football, and Aston Villa, if they get everything right, could easily be, you know, comfortably in the top half of the Premier League if they get if they get things right and everything sort of materializes into results. So that is, you know, two or three things there. That can that can really attract you to uh, to Aston Villa, and I think it's a good move for everyone, if I'm honest. Yeah, I definitely think that this whole Liverpool connection with Steven Gerrard and his ability to be able to attract players a that he used to play with, uh, and b of a certain quality because of how good he was as a player. I don't think that can be underestimated. I think that's a a really important piece of information and piece of the puzzle when it comes to Villa making transfers. If they get Joe Gomez this window, Joel which would be, as Marley says, a, a great signing for them. They would have brought in Luca Dean, who, apart from Trent Alexander-Arnold, has been one of the best fullbacks statistically in the Premier League since the start of the 2018-19 season. They would have brought in Felipe Coutinho, who has clubs like Barcelona and Bayern Munich on his CV, and we know exactly what he's capable of in the Premier League. And Joe Gomez, someone who's won a Champions League and a Premier League with Liverpool in the last three or four years. Dean, Coutinho, Gomez, three signings in a January transfer window for Aston Villa. That, for me, would outline some serious ambition and that would be a huge window for them, wouldn't it, if that was to be the case? Yeah, and they've also been um, heavily linked with Rodrigo Beneser from Juventus, who's a great centre mid. So, I mean, if they were able to get him and Joe Gomez, I really don't think that Joe Gomez will be uh, be able to be got just because, like, I was, like Marley was saying, I feel like he, he has the potential to be you know, an England starter and obviously during his last three years at Liverpool when he was partnering Van Dijk, I mean, them two looked unbeatable and obviously he's had quite a lot of injury issues which has probably allowed these links to happen uh, because I think obviously if he was in the starting lineup consistently, I don't think this would even be a report to even make a comment on. But if he, if they were to able to get him and I think obviously Gerard, like you say, has a massive influence in this just because he's he's probably he knows the players very well so he's obviously going for players who he trusts and if like we say before Gerard actually got hired the main issue was defensively they were leaking goals massively defensively and obviously they've um, addressed that at left back with Luca Dean which is one of the biggest coups I think I think that's a bigger coup than Coutinho to be honest just because he's been one of the better left backs in the league for a couple of years now if they were to able to get a centre-back of the quality of Joe Gomez, then I think that just shows 
ridiculous ambition. Um, obviously, it's a different question whether he can actually gel them all together because let's not forget, last summer, Dean Smith bought a good number of players after Grealish left. So you have to combine a hell of a lot of players together and make sure that they all fit and that they're playing the right playing style. And that's never easy. We've seen it with many clubs who've gone out and bought a hell of a ton of players and it's not worked, namely Tottenham after that Gareth Bale money came in. But I think this is a <laughs> I think this is a different scenario where he's picking characteristic of players which suit that Aston Villa side well. Um, and I think if they were to get Joe Gomez, I think that's probably the biggest coup he would have he would have made uh, as a signing because we know his quality. It's just a matter of injuries, which is the case with so many great players who are always on the fringes. But yeah, they showed serious intent and they're looking way way better under Gerrard. So I think the sky's the limit for them. But he just needs to make sure that they can all adapt together, which is the biggest challenge. Yeah, it certainly is, and we'll see what happens with Aston Villa. They're allegedly keen on Liverpool's Joe Gomez, according to Football Insider. All of the latest transfer gossip will round up every day between now and the end of the window on Monday, uh, especially during the midweek podcast. That's where we get the bulk of our transfer information to you and to keep up to date with the podcast every single day of the season. Because of course we are the only show that will do that for you then make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss a show but for today that's it thank you very much marley thank you very much joel i'm certain that you're not going to end up waking up tomorrow morning without a job but you never know <laughs> hopefully the potso family don't take over uh, sports social anytime soon otherwise we're all <laughs> we're all right for now i'm pretty sure that's it for today's episode of football social daily thanks for listening we'll catch you again tomorrow Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.